Scotty, do you even remember what I look like? Uh, Unfortunately, no. I can't believe it. You like disappear and go off to France uh, and and completely forget all about me. Meanwhile, I've been like, you know, staying here in freezing San Francisco, holding a torch for you. I think you find I went to France after you had been to the UK, the Netherlands and Sardinia, wasn't it? So it's like, um, yeah, yeah. Oh, right. I really feel bad. Uh, This is the terrible thing about existing on the Internet. There's evidence of your lies at every point. (laughs) I mean, let's face it, John, we are now gentlemen of leisure. Something like that. I mean, it's not only not only have we just been basking in the sunshine uh, and, and doing nothing for weeks, you know, we're now even recording at um, sociable hours. I, I know, this is a new thing. Well, uh, and I thought hopefully the quality of the content and the user experience for our listeners will improve somewhat. Um, now you may be just uh, going a little too far there with your expectations. Oh. <laughs> yes. So it's been, um, I don't think we've recorded for about five or six weeks together. We, I did a couple of shows with uh, some other people. Um, Cheated on me. Um, yeah, oh, I, I did. I did. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, we have an open relationship. Um, so there, yeah, but so, uh, yeah, but you've, you've been back at, back at work for a little while now and um so what have you been up to what's what's the the great john tech story of the uh, of the moment well i have been i have been working on some interesting stuff that i i i can't quite talk about yet but i am working on a challenge it's turning out to be uh, a pretty interesting challenge and, and not very easy so far in some ways um I know that's terribly vague, but one thing I'm needing to do is to be able to take a view that exists in a scrolling view, detach it, make it go full screen while rotating the device, and then reverse that. Um, And parts of it can be done pretty easily. The other parts aren't because it has to do with having to support and know that the device is rotating and participate in in the view will transition to size method that gets called when when your view controller gets rotated or you know, when its size changes. It is actually rotation, but practically speaking, the view would, uh, will transition to size, handles any change in size, such as on an iPad, you know, when you go into multitasking. But anyway, um, normally, kind of, you kind of decide at a very top level that the topmost view controller, which contains everything, rotates or not, depending on the device and and, and the context and for our iPhone device, at least, the only time when anything ever rotates is when the video player goes because it's full screen and, and then you go to you know a landscape. Um, and so that's where things become a little bit tricky because uh, – and I, I've come up with I think is, is a fairly clever solution to this problem. And it's the case where most things start to work, but then that last thing <laughs> that you want it to, to have happen doesn't. And you think, okay, well, this technique I've been using – works for this to, for this part of the problem but breaks on the other part so then what do you try to do debug you know one end or debug the other and, and abandon the technique that you used again sorry completely vague but I, I can't talk more specifically than that but it is has been an interesting problem that's uh i don't see other apps doing what i'm trying to do at least none that i'm aware of you, you see when you get to that situation um 
where you don't see other apps doing what you're trying to do you know it's it's either there's a good technical reason they don't mm, <laughs> um, exactly or or you know maybe ui design says they shouldn't or you are exploring yeah, you are sometimes you are sometimes apps are in a unique situation because of your type of app, but it's it's always a um, yeah, when you consider there are millions of uh, of iPhone developers, millions of millions of apps, and when you're you can't find any examples, you know, even close to what you're trying to do, it it, it the first thing it should be is a, a little bit of a warning, but after that, you know, you do have to realize you're moving into territory where you you know. You ain't going to get much help from Stack Overflow or whatever else. You know, you're now into just you have to work this out yourself. Indeed, yeah, and and I have thought about that as well. And so it, it's kind of it, it's also kind of one of those things where it it it's so tantalizingly close that I kind of I will time box it, but I will kind of keep going forward until I think no, there's a reason why other people do it this way. Um, so we'll see. So, I mean, we may have spoken about this around the dub-dub time, but, you know, I've had far too much sunstroke and alcohol since then to remember. So, um, is, you know, because obviously we're drawing probably, I would guess, somewhere around six weeks away from the release of iOS 12, I'm going to guess. Was iOS 12 a big issue to you guys? Um no yes and no i mean there was a lot of th- i mean th- many betas completely broke our app and other apps um and we were looking for some bug fixes uh and also we're we're you know we're anxious to go ahead and drop support for ios 10 when we can if we can and we probably can so cool well, it sounds like even, at least you're doing interesting stuff. I'm, I'm still working on some React Native stuff, and I have to say, uh, despite being, I won't say positive, but uh, reasonably open at the beginning, and and I think I shared how I like certain things like live reloading so you don't have to rebuild your app every time you make a small change, which I still like live reloading. Um I would say the longer I'm using it, the the less and less convinced I'm becoming by it. It's um yeah, it's uh it's the wild west out there in React Native land. And um you know, it's uh it's a number of high profile um companies such as Airbnb have um is one of them have, have dropped using React Native quite publicly in the last few months. Um there was an article recently by discourse the sort of forum software saying they're, they're going to continue using react native because they love it um but a deeper read of that even says well they're only going to use it for ios because um it actually doesn't work on android really very well at all and i think you know a lot of people enter the react native world thinking well this is now going to be the way i get my ios and android app in one code base but the reality is you know virtually I, finding people who are using it for android at all um is quite hard. So even a lot of people like Artsy, who are big React Native fans, are only using it for iOS. Which so it's more a way of it's not a way of doing a cross-platform app to them. It's a way of engaging maybe a wider set of developers because they have JavaScript skills. So I guess a lot of teams use it because they can try and keep their web and whatever else development teams and their mobile development teams a lot closer. But it's. It's um, it's great for simple stuff, but you know, 
lots of animation is difficult, gesture recognition is difficult, trying to do uh, things like file providers to work with it are you know, very difficult. And it's um, it's got so many moving parts that sometimes something goes wrong and you're just trying to work out which thing you have to reboot to make it now work. Um, and so, yeah, it's uh, I have to say, yeah, yeah. My my life is, I, I think, a little bit miserable at the moment, and I'm looking for someone to come and rescue me. I'm going to be the damsel, saved him from the React Native Tower, <laughs> my yeah. knight in shining armor, to come, yeah. to come and pull me out. Okay. I'm even trying to grow my hair long enough that I can tie it up and climb down. <laughs> can you hear but, the hordes of people below laughing at you? Well, yeah, unfortunately, I did, you have to remember, I didn't choose to I know. do this. I was working on a project that was native. Um, they decided to move to React Native. We stuck with it. Um, uh, you know, to, to, uh, to be honest, it was, you know, having a client that was going to move from native to react native and was happy to pay you to come on the journey. It's been a worthwhile experience because now I know what I think and I've, you know, it, it has not cost me, you know, six months of evenings and weekends to work out whether I should be using this or not. So it's been just on my prime work time. Um, I'm not saying it still doesn't have benefits, and I think for some applications it may still fit. But um, yeah, for, for where I'm at right now, um, I think the the best thing for it to come out of me for me is actually how good um, Visual Studio Code is as a editor. I mean, I wouldn't use it for Swift and Objective C because obviously I'd use Xcode. But if you're just doing um, you know anything else, JavaScript or, or just Markdown or whatever else. It's a fantastic editor. And funnily enough, it's written in Electron, <laughs> which mm. everyone moans about because uh, Slack is written in Electron. Okay, we get another sort of you know, JavaScript-based thing. But it is a stunningly good piece of software, uh, you know, and, and it is a joy to use. And that, that is yeah, um, uh, something about the only good side for it. But, yeah, no, I'm, uh, my, React, uh, my React Native enthusiasm is definitely, um, definitely a, little, a little dead. Because um, because Netflix didn't used to be native apps, did it? And, but they made the decision to go go native quite a few years ago now, didn't yeah. they? Maybe even before your time, wasn't it? That's uh, one of the reasons I was invited to join the team. Yeah, so I guess there's uh, there's stuff to be said. Although, in, you know, in fairness, sometimes doing stuff natively does take longer. And if you just don't have the budget, you have to live up with to business realities. So I understand it's a tough choice for for companies. But uh, yeah, as as an engineer, yeah, I don't think I will be. I'm pretty sure I'm not going to be proactively seeking React Native projects going forward. <laughs> shall, so, we put it, shall we put yeah. it that way? Well, there's one last thing. I should send a link for the show notes, but there was an Instagram uh, technical blog post about a system that they use for solving one of the 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 uh, one of the satisfying one of the desires that people turn to React thing, and that's the ability to in, inject and, and restart something without recompiling the app. And they said that if you're using the simulator even if you're using compiled code and they use component kit, the, the Facebook mechanism. Um, but they, they have a way of kind of creating libraries and doing some, some Xcode and build time hacks to, to, to make it possible. Um, and they said that it works, but I think what my read from that was, you know, there are a lot of companies that they have a small number of architects who will design a system, which is then used by kind of, much more junior and, and more kind of web focused programmers who can can if they have a mechanism like Facebook um, or Instagram for that matter that is kind of has a, a a a complex layout mechanism that needs to change all the time and in order to test it 
and and solve problems they need developers able to try something and and press a button and not have to recompile the app in order to see the changes um so that that was kind of an interesting read um i don't know whether you've looked at that or heard of it i haven't but if you post it in and yeah. i think yes as, as a prototyping tool uh probably react is a great thing to, to knock stuff together especially if it's just like playing with a layout of a single screen or something to just see how things do because especially if you say well what happens if we move the button over here or make it bigger i mean that really is a case of changing some some styling or some javascript and then just hitting um command r in the simulator and it just instantly reloads it's you know that is as a compared to like a you know even a five second build time in the app and waiting for the simulator to go again is incredibly boring for that so from that side of things it is um it's a really good now, of course, I mean, you know, maybe maybe I'm just using React wrong, and that's when I'm making life too hard for myself. Um, uh, and it's, uh, you know, maybe people after two, three, four years or whatever it is, React experience having learned all the mistakes and things that I'm probably making are saying, yeah, yeah, once you sort all that out, it's it's great. But, um, you know, I'm not sure I want to go through the two, three years of pain to work all that out. Mm. Yeah, because I remember, I mean, you know, in fairness, if I went, you know, someone coming to iOS – um, you know, iOS has grown into quite a big, complex operating system over the last ten years or whatever it's been. You know, and I'm sure someone coming to iOS for the very first time as a developer is going to be sat there saying, um, "You know, wow, this is this is hard. This is this is really difficult." Especially when you start trying to go through the documentation, and then there may be three ways of doing things because there's the way from six years ago, the way from three years ago, and the way from this WWDC. Um, and you know, of course, if we've been around in it for ten years, we know we we just take an incremental knowledge steps all the time. Whereas to someone coming in, it's brand new. Um, and I think you know, this is what has made React um, quite popular. React Native, because you know, React is very big on the web, and you can bring in a JavaScript. In fact, the project um, uh, we're working on has just had a someone who is a React developer web developer joined the project and uh i would say he's already more efficient and better at this than we are and yeah we've been on this for a number of months mm. um and even though it's mobile now of course as soon as it comes to native integration or having to do something that understands native performance or why you shouldn't do it um then you know it's uh um you know it's going to be a totally different story but he's come in and he's already improved the tool chain and, and other stuff because it is definitely set up to be something that feels comfortable to web developers uh, and maybe that's why i feel it's very uncomfortable because i don't do much web development so there we are all right although talking about web development on my side project at the moment um i have been uh, doing a web application uh, i think we spoke about it many many months ago and then it got put in the drawer for a little bit so remember i was learning elixir yes um, and you used to laugh at me because I said how I, the joy of functional programming. Well, I still love Elixir. Just, uh, I won't talk much about that. Um, been using a framework called Phoenix, which is to Elixir the same way that Rails is to mm. Ruby uh, in there. Uh, but all the front end development for um, uh, this little app that I'm playing with, I've been doing in a language called Elm, um, which is a functional language that compiles down to JavaScript, but it's type safe and compiles and all the rest of it. And that has been real fun to use. It's uh it's been great. So it's um 
it's quite weird writing these what turn out to be HTML pages in this sort of functional language of, of, of putting things together and function calls together and, and um, you can never have anything that's got state. You've got to pass everything around with it. And um, uh, that's that, that's been really good fun. So at the same time, you know, so learning things new doesn't always have to be painful. Sometimes it's really, really good fun. And it also may change the way that you 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 know, operate in your, in your other world. Just, it's kind of good mental exercise. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it is sometimes I, I see, I need to, I don't know about you, John, but I like to learn things, but it's quite hard to, you know, for many years I tried to have, um, I know, I, you know, an on the side iOS project or on the side Mac project, but if you're consulting like I am and you're doing, um, you know, you know, seven to 10 hours a day of iOS development to then spend your weekends doing iOS development is I, I just, I just cannot even as much as I enjoy my job, I just cannot, um, uh, do it. It just, it just, I cannot find the motivation. That's always been my problem to, to, to find the motivation to do that. Whereas if the thing you're doing in your spare time is different, so like well, that's where the Elixir and the Elm stuff's come in, but it's still development, you know, that that's like almost doing, you know, to anybody outside of the development world, it might be, well, you're just doing development and then in your spare time you're doing development, which is true, but it's it's different enough that it's a refreshing. It's thinking a web, thinking for a web app and and, uh, and the front end is a different type of thinking, maybe not quite so different with the React Native I've been doing the last few months, but there we are. Um, it's a different type of uh, um, thought set of thought processes, problem to solve. And so it's actually quite quite refreshing, which is why, you know, this is the thing I'm working on the side right now after making the decision that couldn't do just more iOS stuff. And I, and I know I've been doing React Native, so you could argue now that, well, why don't you just do Swift in your spare time and have some pleasure? That's true, but I'm not expecting the React Native stuff to go on, you know, all that long. And then, you know, I could be halfway through and suddenly find myself back in the same situation. So, um, so there we are. Is there anything you are learning or would like to learn? I... Yes, I mean, I would say that that you know we we do our endpoints in a language called Groovy, um, and it's a it's a React you know RX extensions to to Java, and it's it, it is kind of an interesting mental exercise, and I see why it makes such perfect sense that really there's no there's no substitute for doing it if your backend systems are, are built on on a microarchitecture. We have tons and tons and tons of little services, but you need to kind of plumb them together. And there kind of it makes sense. But what I what I find is that there's it's so different from kind of object oriented graphical user interface programming and uh, that I find it difficult or challenging to kind of make the the mental switch where for for that type of stuff it's it's all about a composition and there's a certain kind of subtle beauty in the way the the formatting of 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 the code is and and how you kind of see how things are mapped and zipped and filtered and 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 put together but i still find it uh it's like one of those things where you, you, it, to me, it's almost, it almost feels like you're back in the seventies taking a picture and waiting for you know, a week to get the, the, the prints back to see if it worked. <laughs> um, so, but I, I do find it is a, a very interesting mental exercise and it, it kind of, it, it, because it is so different from, you know, kind of, uh, 
complicated model objects that, that kind of interact with each other and, and have tons of state from just pure data pipelines. Um, it, it's, I think, I think it is something that is important that, that whatever your kind of day gig is, um, that you do something else that, that kind of exercises another part of your brain or another, another set of pathways. Now, for years, you did memory miner, mm-hmm. um, often as a side project to consulting. How mm-hmm. did you? Um, did you find that difficult, or did you? Because it was you were no, so excited about memory miner that was fine. No, I didn't, and I, I, but I was also very, very lucky in that I found a bunch of consulting projects where it was so easy. And I mean, I, I gave a talk about this a number of years ago, where I just I had somebody describe my consulting gigs like it looks like you just took your laptop you know, kind of, and, and rotated a little bit, started shaking it and some code and, and algorithms fell out and you sold that as, as code and services to, to other companies. And that's almost exactly what it was. Um, so I, that was a kind of a unique situation, I think. Um, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking back here and trying to think, were there anything that I felt that was so radically different? Um, and I can't because I, it was kind of a, an area of expertise I had of, of, of everything related to, to media annotation and, and, you know, mission critical custom apps to, to, to do these types of things. Um, second screen apps, you know, and then of course findery. So it was so, I, I was very lucky in that way. And, and maybe kind of unlucky, I suppose, is another way of looking at it in that it didn't. I didn't force me to, you know, to switch to something radically different, either because of a different language or a different approach to solving problems. You know, like I didn't, you know, I, I, I dabbled here and there with, with, with rails, for example. And, but that was just to be able to have backends for things I was working on, not because I just wanted to go deep in it. I never went deep in it at all. I knew just enough to, to, to get what I needed to, to, to doing. And then, and then for a period of time for my, my backend projects, I was using parse. So. I mean, another thing for me is, is possibly age. Um, we are both men in our 50s. Mm-hmm. And um, I have to say, at the end of a workday now, I'm, I'm a lot tired than I used to be, um, which makes you know the thought of kicking another three or four hours of coding um, for the evening, you know, which used to be easy. And you could you know stay up to 2 a.m. and then get up again at 8 in the morning and whatever else, you know, those those days are gone. I, I, you know, I don't necessarily particularly go to bed earlier. Um, I'm still a reasonably late night person, but you know, I do need that downtime now for my brain to recover in order to stand any chance of being productive the next day. So, um, uh, maybe, maybe side projects are for younger men and women than us. Well, I don't, I mean, that's, that's part of it. I think part of it is just I have other things that I want to do. It's like you know, I, I would I would happily go take a bike ride, you know, and go see a movie with my child, for instance, things of, of that nature. Which you know, when you're 21 and, and living at home by yourself or living with a bunch of roommates, maybe you know the the the, the types of things I did when I was learning from the very very beginning. Partly is because I was fascinated, and partly is because I didn't have other things competing for my attention. So. Yeah, I mean, for me, I'm at the, you know, my children are all older now. Um, they tend to be out in the evenings. Um, so you know, I, I, I don't think the time thing would be such an issue. Obviously, I do enjoy spending time with my wife, so I wouldn't be you know, doing it every evening or whatever. But um, I think for me as well is is obviously the attraction of the side project. I'm in this, this um, 
know, this is like Scottish therapy half hour, isn't it? <laughs> um, the, yeah, there we are. Eye therapy. Um, it's, yeah, for me, I think because after I've been consulting now for, I don't know, it's, it's got to be 1992. How many years is that? Um, quite a lot. Um, 29? 26. 20, no, 26, something like that, yeah. Um, and obviously I was, I was working for the man for a number of years before that. So I've been doing this. This and you know, I just uh, as much as I enjoy meeting different teams and different projects and and having different things, you know, I as I've said a number of times over the last few years, I think now having maybe a, a less time based um, work life and more of a an effort stroke product based work life where you know it's more on how cleverly you work rather than as a consultant. On the whole, what we do, you bill by the hour. Um, so therefore, you work one hour, get one hour of money. Work two hours, get two hours of money. And there's not really a lot you can do to to improve that. So you know, if you want to maintain your current income, you need to maintain your current working hours or find a way of um, dramatically increasing your rates, um, which actually is getting harder, not easier, as time goes on because they're just more developers and whatever else. I mean, I still think getting work is not an issue, but... Yeah, you know, um, and I don't think rates. The rates are definitely not low, but you know, increasing rates from where they are, I think, is is quite would be quite hard at the moment. I mean, there are people who advocate value based pricing. Um, I think value based pricing works well when you can take on an entire project, which used to be the way that um, you know a number of years ago you could take on like the entire iOS app or the entire Mac app for um for a company that wanted it um that those days i'm not saying they've gone but it's far far harder to get that now because people do still subcontract their um uh their mobile stuff but they want the android app as well which puts you in the territory of either you then have to subcontract the android app or you have to learn android skills and do that as well um it's quite hard for one person to be pushing both those apps out in a reasonable amount of time so you're possibly looking for bigger teams so i'm you know i'm not saying it's not possible but it's a different thing so actually just going in with a price to do the mobile side is something that is is harder to do so you know as i'm thinking about you know do I still want to be working 40 hours a week in 10 years' time when I'm in my 60s? Uh, will I even be capable of working 40 hours a week in 10 years' time in my 60s? Because it's, you know, the, I can definitely feel my brain is slower now than it was when I was in my early 40s. Um, fortunately, it has more knowledge, so sometimes it can put that more knowledge to effect and do things just as well. Um, you know, so I, I'm... The sort of side project isn't just about fun. It's about, you know, can I find a way of removing myself from an hourly based billing income over the next five to ten years because you know i don't want to be doing hourly based billing in five to ten years of course the other way is start building consultancy and having people doing the hourly based billing and you don't have to do i want a life of constantly trying to find work for a bunch of developers that doesn't sound like fun to me <laughs> and anyone i know who's been doing that has often been very stressed by it um and the responsibility of other people's mortgages so so yeah, so this balance between fun and looking at my future um, and, and keeping my brain going, you know, it, it, it creates a little bit of pressure there on the side. It's not just about fun. Um, anyway, I'm not sure why we even started talking about that. But anyway, thank you, John, for being my therapist. Please send me the bill. I will. <laughs> 
I won't be able to pay it because I've not worked enough hours today. Well, Scotty, when when you need to lay back and tell everybody about your father, where do you do it? Well, you can do me as Scotty on uh, micro.blog uh, or MacDevNet on Twitter. Um, of course, they can people can get hold of both of us by uh, sending an email to feedback at iDeveloper.co. All right. And if anybody wants to tell me about why I'm a terrible therapist for Scotty and, and an even worse podcast host, you can do so by uh, finding me on the Twitters as Jembe. That's D-J-E-M-B-E, like the West African drum. Well, John, it's been an absolute pleasure after all these weeks. Um, hopefully there's uh, our listener is um, our listener could be on holiday now. Mm. <laughs> so, we'll see. Or our um, listener might really need therapy after this. Yes, I can imagine our listener there has been there on our website pressing refresh for six weeks, <laughs> just <laughs> trying to see if it comes through. <laughs> but there we are. So thank you very much. Uh, I was going to say everyone. Thank you very much, one, for listening. <laughs> Until next time, you take care. We'll be right